You're listening to BYU Football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Well, as it turns out, when I said either major comeback or field storm, I was right. Uh, the field has been stormed, so the warning on the scoreboard to, to little effect. Uh, the fans storming the field here at Williams Stadium. Sold out crowd, stadium record, watching Liberty defeat BYU, and incredibly easy as well. Uh, 41-14, your final. Let's get to our postgame honorees. We'll start with our Waystar Star of the Game, brought to you by Waystar, simplifying health care payments. Learn more at Waystar Star of the Game. And leading BYU with seven catches for 114 yards and a touchdown, Puka Nakua. Puka is the Waystar Star of the Game. For the Metal Mart Steel Man of the Game, it's brought to you by Palmer's Metal Mart. Palmer's Metal Mart, your local metal supplier for over 26 years. You never want it to be the punter, but unfortunately we have to look to Ryan Rico uh, for this one. No offense to Ryan, don't get me wrong, but uh, he was a busy man today and had to be good in what he did, and he was a, he was effective as a punter. He's the uh, Metal March Steel Man of the Game today for BYU. Five punts, 223 yards, an average of 44.6, long of 55. Three of his five were down inside the 20, so he did his job when called upon. Unfortunately, he was called upon. Uh, one too many times, or you know, a few too many times, and especially when the other team's punter was wasn't called on at all. Total yardage to Liberty: five forty-seven to two fifty-eight. First downs: Liberty twenty-eight to twelve. Total plays: Liberty seventy-seven fifty. Yards per play: Liberty seven point one to five point two. Possession time: Liberty thirty-nine to twenty-one. Doubled up again. BYU Goodness. did win the turnover battle. They were plus one in the margin. Jaron Hall under fifty percent as a starter for the first time. Uh, 16 for 34, 187, two touchdowns, no picks. Chris Brooks led BYU on the ground, 3 for 26, did not play in the second half. He was injured. Nakua, I gave you his numbers a moment ago. Jonathan Bennett, 24 of 29, 83% for a 51% passer, 247, two touchdowns and a pick, pass efficiency rating of 170.2. Day-Day Hunter, 23 for 213 and a score. No runner would ever run for more in a single game against a Kalani Sitake coach team here at BYU. And Demario Douglas, 8 for 69, and uh, Noah Frith, 4 for 70, the two leading receivers for Liberty. Well, 41 to 14, BYU held scoreless in the final three quarters of this one, Riley. Absolute domination. You said it uh, in the, or I, we were talking pregame, I guess. It wasn't on air, but we just said, man, uh, BYU needs to, you know, really take care of b- business and really needs to look different, especially defensively. Other, otherwise, this thing could get out of hand. I thought there was a chance that BYU would lose the game today, but I didn't think it would be in this, in this fashion by any stretch of the imagination, especially since three minutes left in the first quarter after going up 14-3. They completely fold, not scoring again, and allowing their opponents to go on a 38 nothing run. To end the game. Jason Shepard kicks off Cougar postgame live next. Final score. Liberty 41, BYU 14 on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. It's time for Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Cougar Post Game Live is brought to you by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned and operated Big O Tires, the team you trust. Now let's join your host, Jason Shepard. Final score from Lynchburg, Virginia. Liberty 41, BYU 14. Welcome into Cougar Post Game Live, presented by Big O Tires. Go to BigOtires.com and make an appointment at one of 50 locally owned and operated Utah locations. Big O Tires, the team you trust. 
BYU looking to break out of a two-game losing streak. Now trying to break out of a three-game losing streak. The Cougars have now lost to Notre Dame. Arkansas and Liberty and remember it's a short week this week for BYU they'll travel back from the east coast and then have one less day to prepare technically two less days than most teams obviously with BYU not doing anything on Sundays but in terms of normal prep for BYU it will be one day less because East Carolina is coming to Provo for a Friday night matchup at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. All right, let's update you on some other action in top 25 college football. This is going to be an upset. 205 to go in the fourth quarter. LSU is going to beat Ole Miss. Going to hand uh, the Rebels their first loss of the season. It is 45 to 20 in favor of the Tigers. Again, 205 to go in the fourth. Also in the fourth, it's a little bit closer than what it was. Fourth quarter's just started, so there's about 14 minutes to go. Plenty of time left, but number 20 Texas has a 34-27 lead over number 11 Oklahoma State there in Stillwater. Again, plenty of time, but the Longhorns right now holding on to a touchdown advantage. Finals from earlier today. It was number 10 Oregon defeating number 9 UCLA, a big battle in the Pac-12. This game being played in Eugene was 45-30 in favor of the Ducks. Boston College losing at number 13 Wake Forest. Demon Deacons getting the win 43-15. to Number 25 Tulane, 10 better than Memphis at 38-28. to Iowa losing at number 2 Ohio State. The Buckeyes with a 44-point victory, 54-10 is the final score. Number three, Tennessee, gets the win at home. They, uh, well, they take care of business over UT Martin. 65-24 is the final score. Number five, Clemson, rallies to defeat 14th-ranked Syracuse, 27-21. Number 21, Cincinnati, gets the road win in Dallas over SMU by two. 29-27 is the final score. A couple of other games have yet to kick off. This next one should be kicking off within the next 10 to 15 minutes. It is number 6 Alabama hosting number 24 Mississippi State. Minnesota will be at number 16 Penn State. That game kicking off at 5.30 Mountain Time. And then at 6 o'clock Mountain Time, a big matchup. Two top 20 teams in the Big 12. Number 8 TCU hosting 17th raked K-State at Amon G. Carter Stadium in in Fort Worth, Texas. We will take a break. When we come back, we'll have more Cougar Post Game Live. BYU Falls 41-14 at Liberty on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now, back to Jason Shepard. Cougar Post Game Live is presented by Big O Tires. Welcome back into our BYU Radio Studios in gloomy Provo, Utah. Temperatures dropping into the upper 40s now. A light drizzle is supposed to continue throughout the evening. If you're heading over to the BYU women's soccer game tonight, the Cougars hosting Gonzaga. Make sure you bundle up. Maybe bring a uh, maybe bring a parka, something that uh, can handle the rain because uh, conditions are not going to be ideal tonight. BYU football falling at Liberty 40. 41 to 14 and things 
started out well for BYU. Obviously, Liberty had the opening drive, looking like they were going to go in for a touchdown. The BYU defense able to hold them to a field goal. Then BYU goes down and scores on their own drive. They pick off Bennett. They get a a touchdown about two to three plays later. And so in the first quarter, BYU led 14 to three. That was the last time BYU would score. The Flames would outscore BYU in the second quarter 17 to nothing, 14 to nothing in the third, and 7 to nothing in the fourth. So 38 unanswered points for the Liberty Flames. Now they were already bowl eligible before this game. They were 6 and 1 coming into this game. They are now 7 and 1 with the loss. BYU now has lost 3 in a row and they are a 500 football team. Their record is 4 and 4 and I mentioned this in the previous segment. You have a short week this week because you've got East Carolina coming to Lavelle Edwards Stadium on Friday night and just as a reminder, uh, that is not a late night kickoff. That's not an 8:15 kickoff. That is a 6 o'clock Mountain Time kickoff. So our pregame coverage here on the New Skin BYU Sports Network will get underway from Cougar Canyon coming up at 4 o'clock Mountain Time, and we'll get you ready for the uh, the Pirates and the Cougars. But certainly um, a, a lot of questions to answer. And going into this game, most of them were focused on the defense, and that certainly is still the case. But, you know, the offense, just after that first quarter, just never really found its footing. So uh, kind of curious to hear what head coach Kalani Satake has to say when he addresses the media. We're still waiting for him to uh, come out of the locker room. When that happens, we will let you hear from him here on the New Skin BYU Sports Network. Let's take another break. 41-14 is the final. Liberty takes down the BYU Cougars. More Cougar Post Game Live next on the New Skin BYU Sports Network. Let's rejoin Jason Shepard for more Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. One more segment here in Provo. We'll get you back out to Lynchburg, Virginia. Greg Rubel, Riley Nelson, Mitchell Jurgens. they will carry you the rest of the way with Cougar Post Game Live. Again, we're still waiting for head coach Kalani Satake to make his way out of the BYU locker room. Uh, as soon as that happens, we will bring you that audio. And and really, I'm 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 just kind of curious to get his take on on just what happened because that was look. And I said in the pregame, um, and look, I mean, I've I've certainly got to walk it back. I, I expected to see a very angry, and and I clarified that because I think sometimes when you say an angry team. I think that can mean maybe reckless play, and that's not what I meant. I meant actually angry, I mean ultra-focused and, and ready to go, and, and unfortunately we just did not see that today. Outside of the initial start, um, it was, it was a, a rough day, rough afternoon um, all the way around for BYU, and that's you know how things happen like this where you have a team uh, in Liberty that certainly is good, uh, but uh, 41-14, I think that that will certainly raise some eyebrows in terms of seeing that final score with Liberty beating BYU in that fashion. Um, as I mentioned, coming up Friday, kickoff time will be 6 o'clock against East Carolina. We will have pregame coverage beginning at 4 o'clock Mountain Time, our normal two-hour pregame show from Cougar Canyon. Uh, hope to see you out there. If uh, if you are coming out, please stop by, say hi. We always like to have the crowd when Riley and I uh, do our stuff and when Greg comes out and comes out. It's always good to have the fans out there. I'm not sure. As a matter of fact, let me just take a quick look and see what the uh, the weather is supposed to be like on Friday. Uh, Friday here in Provo. Hey, 
The uh, the rain is supposed to, at least at that point, subside. Uh, supposed to be a high of 52 on Friday and sunny. So now, granted, it's six, seven o'clock at night when this game's going to be underway. The temperature's going to drop, uh, but at least you're not expecting any bad weather. Just make sure you bundle up for that game against the Pirates as they make their way west over the Rockies to play the BYU Cougars. All right, you take a break. I am going to head over to Southfield. We will have myself and Rachel Manning-Jorgensen will be on the call on BYU Radio 107.9 FM as well as the BYU Radio app. Uh, We will have the call for number 19 BYU Women's Soccer hosting Gonzaga. It is a big, big matchup for both teams. They are tied in the standings, and BYU is looking to defeat Gonzaga and end play in the W. WCC having never lost to the Zags. We will have the game for you at 7 o'clock Mountain Time. Again, if you're showing up, uh, make sure you bundle up, bring something that can handle the rain because uh, the drizzle is supposed to continue throughout the entire evening. So I will uh, talk to you again over from Southfield as we get ready for soccer on the other side. Hoping to hear from the head coach of the Cougars, Kalani Sitsake. Greg, Riley, and Mitch will take you the rest away. Your final from Provo, or excuse me, your final from Lynchburg, 41-14 Liberty beating BYU on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to Greg Rubel. Cougars uh, daytime blues continue. Again, it's a parenthetical note, but uh, when the game kicks off in the sunshine, things have not worked out well for BYU of late. Five straight losses in daytime games. At the same time, BYU has won 13 in a row at night. BYU and ECU will be a night game this next Friday. Small consolation after a 41-14 setback today, I am certain. But uh, nevertheless, uh, a weird side note. Uh, BYU again uh, fails to cover the Las Vegas spread, and then some. Not only does BYU not uh, hold its status as, as a favorite, BYU gets run out of the building today. The seven-point favorite BYU Cougars lose by 27, 41-14. And BYU has not covered a spread since the Baylor game in Week 2. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> any money you got against uh, uh, on the Cougars, take it off the Cougars and put it on their uh, opponent. No, I mean, look... Uh, those things for fans, hopefully they kind of inform you uh, as to which way the game's going. But also know that Vegas is taking advantage of emotions and taking advantage of reputations and, and trying to take money from people who don't pay close attention to, to the teams. The reality is this team is struggling, straining for answers, and uh, I don't see any on the horizon in that you got an ECU team that – you know, it's gonna have similar caliber athletes to these uh, to these Liberty players. Maybe they don't execute as high level or had as much success this far in the season. You got a Boise team that's kind of finding their way as the season goes along, and you got a Stanford team uh, after Utah Tech that uh, beat Notre Dame, who you lost to last week. So, I don't uh, I don't know where they write the ship, but here's hoping they can find somewhere in these remaining four games. And when the Cougars uh, have been down, they've been out. I mentioned it earlier. Uh, when the Cougars get down by, by 10 or so, they don't come back. Uh, BYU is a really good team with a lead. They tend to hold double-digit leads, but double-digit deficits are not things from which BYU has been able to come back in the last seven seasons. And, and again, 12 points is not a large margin, but the largest comeback in seven seasons has been 12 points. And so once this thing got to 20, it was all but over. At least historically for BYU, that's been the case. And today the final score, the final margin is 27. As troubling as anything, Riley, is the 38 nothing run, right? 
I mean, that, that, that's, that's, that's not, not that it's intentional capitulation, but it's capitulation in terms of the inability to get a stop or make a stand or get on any kind of run yourself. No, I mean, how do you not answer, right? Like, the competitiveness. Uh, and one of the... I, I'm trying not to be critical here, but uh, but more observational. But just the overall competitiveness of this BYU team, I, I just being objective, I have to call it into question because I, I you have not seen them dig down and come up with plays that need to be made in big spots. And at this game, not only did they not come up with it in big spots, but it just continued to like it continued to diminish. Right, the competitiveness the, the, uh, that you could sense from this team continued to wane until you know the clock hit zeros BYU uh, got a couple of pieces back in Chris Brooks and Miles Davis I'm rather in Lopini Katoa and Miles Davis but these uh, additions are relatively inconsequential on the day let's head down to the let's head down to the Cougar locker room area Jaron Hall's at the podium yeah it was brief you know we've been in this situation for a couple weeks things have not gotten better so it's a matter of staying together you know you can't you can't fall apart now it's the time when we need each other the most um, and Pupi got up and shared a good message with everybody, um, you know, about having reality checks with ourselves and, you know, finding within ourselves to love the game a little bit more, to do a little more. And so that'll be our focus going forward. Is this the most disappointing you've been after a loss? Every loss is disappointing. You know, they all hurt, you know, the same. Um, but it, have, it happened a couple times in a row. It definitely feels like it builds. Um, that's football sometimes. It's not fun. But, uh, you know, if it doesn't hurt, then you don't love it enough. And so, you know, it's just part of the love of the game. It's part of the love of competition. So you just got to, you know, find a way to get through it. Just allow that love for the game to keep you going. You guys moved the ball two of the first three possessions and then just got shut off. What, what yeah. did they do or what happened? Nothing different. You know, you can't just not completing passes. Um, I didn't do enough. Didn't do my job. A lot of things uncharacteristic. And, you know, that's on me. So I got to. Have a big reality check. Find ways to be better this next week. Get ready for for Friday. It seemed like you guys were in third and long situations mm-hmm. quite a bit, especially in the second half. What do you kind of make of first and second down production? Yeah, I don't know. I have to go back and look at the film. You know, this this defense is fantastic. They they did a great job all year and all the games we watched of, of keeping teams a third and long. You know, I think they had the most third and long um, plays. You know, for defense in the country or up there. You know, in the ranks of, of that. So they have always caused teams to have long third downs, and we gave into that, allowed that to happen, and. You know what the reason is, I'm not sure, but we'll find out after we watch the tape. Jaren, where do you guys go from here? What, what kind of leadership do you have in that locker room that can get you through this? Yeah, fantastic leaders. You know, Pooping one guy already stepped right up, spoke in front of all of us, you know, in the moment as soon as he got back. But we got a whole whole group of guys, you know. You, everyone's, you know, we're already, we're already banded together, you know, having our conversations, talking to groups, talking to individuals. Um, that's part of the leadership we have. You know, part of the leadership Kalani has established amongst the players. So, you know, leaders, leadership's not the issue here. Um, we have a lot of great guys who love the game and, and know a lot about the game. It's, you know, something we just got to do something better on Saturdays. That's all it comes down to. You overthrew a couple receivers. Yeah. Were you, you feeling okay? Shoulder okay? Yeah, I felt fine. You know, it's just the end, just, uh, just bad throws. Um, not sure why it happened, but, uh, you know, I'll, I'll figure it out and I'll be more tuned in next week, do my job better. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, we felt that way since day one. You know, it's it, now it's time for a gut check. You know, to really see the type of dudes we have, and you know, I think it could speak to the t- type of guys we have even better if we come out of this positive. Their coach talked about how important the game was to them. Uh-huh. You feel like you guys didn't match that energy or intensity that they came to? Yeah, I mean, coming out, we did, absolutely. But, you know, we let a couple bad series, a couple bad drives. Um, 
I feel like kind of kind of deflated us at times. Definitely, you know, when you're away, you don't have as many guys on the sideline. You got to find ways to produce energy, produce juice. They did a much better job. Their fans came out, supported. Um, it was a fun atmosphere to be in, um, but we definitely, you know, did not did not play our best ball and and didn't have enough energy for the most part of the game. Did you get the feeling that it kind of snowballed um, as like kind of three announced, especially early in the second? No, I mean we've been there before. You know, typically we're really good. You know, out of the, out of the locker room, second half offense. But you know, we knew the plays were there. They were working. We we're getting guys open again. I just didn't didn't do do my job in a lot of those situations. But never felt like a snowball effect. You know, it, to us, there's always a chance, and there was always an opportunity. You get a, you get a turnover in the third quarter. You have a short field, and we didn't take advantage. So, um, you know, confidence was always there. Just just execution wasn't. Yeah. Did you feel pressure to, to go for it as an offense at that point? Or was there a discussion to go for it as an Yeah, well, there's always, for with us and our offense, the way we do things, there's always an opportunity. So we are ready, um, you know, uh, but, but coaches make those calls. They know what they're doing. So we, you know, let it be what it was. Trust them. Where do you want to see the offense improve the most? Keep, keep, uh, keep our efficiency up every drive, you know, not just a couple drives early or a couple drives after half. Um, a couple drives into the game, but to have a full game, you know, of efficient drives, getting third first downs, moving the ball, keeping our defense off the field. I just think it's been too too much of a roller coaster this year. You know, of times where we're really really good, and times where we just can't find anything to click. Okay, thanks. Thank you, guys. Sharon Hall speaking with uh, the media. Uh, normally, head coach goes first, followed by players. That was not the case here today. I'm not sure if we'll get Kalani and then players, more players or more players and then Kalani, but either way, uh, we'll take a break and head back down to the locker room area and see who's next on the podium as we continue from Lynchburg. Final score, Liberty 41, BYU 14 on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Let's rejoin Greg Rubel for more Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Back at Williams Stadium here in Lynchburg, Virginia. Single game attendance record of uh, 24,000 plus in this one. Officially, it uh, it seats uh, 25. The previous high was 22 and change. Got more than 24,000 fans into the stands today. And again, the build-up for this game was, uh, uh, you know, not uh, subtle. Let's put it that way, Riley. That they were they were not shy about putting a lot of eggs into today's basket. And credit to Liberty from top to bottom. The entire program stood up to the words and played a great game. Yeah, when you look at the leadership from the head coach on Hugh Freeze, this is the same thing he did at Ole Miss, and. Uh, you know, unfortunately, he wasn't able. I, I keep. He was able to get his team up for the big games, right? And that's why he beat uh, one of uh, only three coaches to beat Nick Saban in Tuscaloosa more than once. Uh, the problem was he couldn't uh, get his team to be consistent. His Ole Miss team uh, consistent from week to week, which is why he's no longer at Ole Miss. So uh, obviously, he's figured out the consistency part, which with this Liberty Liberty team uh, with this defeat against BYU, moving to seven and one. Uh, they go into Arkansas next week. That'll be an interesting game to watch. Now seeing how BYU fared and how Liberty fared, seeing what that matchup looks like. Um, but uh, credit to Hugh Freeze. Credit to Bennett, who as a backup quarterback comes in, has a career day. Um, good, credit Liberty. Let's head down to the locker room area. Kalani now talking to the press. To Liberty. Uh, I thought they played a, a great game on, on their part. And, and obviously looking at our game, it's a team loss. Um, we didn't do anything in the three phases to really uh, 
gained the favor of the game. So uh, special teams, defense and offense definitely lost this game. But uh, I think Liberty is a lot better than people think. And I, I didn't take them lightly. Uh, I know a lot of people in college football pro- probably does, but I know Coach Freeze is a great coach. And those guys play some, some inspired football. And so I think that, uh, I mean, their only loss is to Wake Forest. And they lost by one because they went for went for two. And so this team's a really good team. And um, they played really well. They played a great game tonight. And, uh, you know, we, we couldn't, we couldn't uh, make it a game, especially when, I mean, to go, to be up 14-3 to three and then to have 38 unanswered points um, was shocking for us. But... Um, you know, just got to fight through this. This is a uh, definitely some adversity that we're going through, and uh, you know, you, you have two choices: you can you can fight through it, or, or you can or you can. It's a fight or flight moment, and I only know one way, and that's to work hard and fight through this, and and uh, make sure that we have the right guys with us along the way. So, uh, looking forward to, to next week and uh, the game at home. Um, congratulations to Liberty. Uh, but but we definitely have some things that uh, that we need to fix uh, as a team. That's my job. Uh, I look forward to battling through this and, and uh, playing our game next next Friday. So short week. Obviously, got to travel back home from uh, being out here in the East Time Zone. But um, love our boys, love our team, love our program. Uh, you know, it's going to be it's a really true test now to, to for all for all of us, our, our coaches, staff, and players. Uh, right now, where we're sitting at right now, and and, and uh, you know, we've, we've played really good ball in the past this season, and got to find a way to get back to it. And I'm uh, looking forward to working hard and getting there. So, many questions. You said there are a lot of things to fix. Uh, yeah. What is what is mainly the, the top two or three? Uh, fundamentals. You know, I still don't think we improve there, and um, defensively and. Even offensively, when I talk about fundamentals, just the blocking, tackling, things like that, uh, taking care of the football. Um, we've got to do a better job as a team there. And then if I were breaking down uh, to the each phase, then they probably go a little bit more detailed and have to watch more film. But that's the first feeling I have coming off the field. Defensive changes that you made. Um, obviously, Tuiaki was there with you. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some of the others? And you feel like they had any effect at all? Uh, you know, simplify the game plan, try to focus on execution. I'm not sure if we executed well enough. And, um, you know, just I had to watch the film a little bit more and see where the breakdowns were. But um, obviously you need to make more plays defensively and, and um, need more disruption uh, overall. And, um, yeah, but tackle better. Um Shore up the run. They once again gave a lot of run yards and a lot of big, big plays. But um, you know, they need to execute better. I thought simplifying the game plan would be a lot easier for us to, to execute. And um, the thing is, now the film doesn't lie. We can go back and check it out and see what the reason why that we didn't execute. Where, where, where is the fault? Did you call plays, I did. Yes. For me to not call the plays? No, I'm going to keep running the defense and, and focusing on getting the defense better and executing better. So that's that's going to be my focus, and that's 
you know, we're going to ask the guys to coach their positions better and hold everybody accountable and ask the players to hold each other accountable. And uh, I look forward to seeing who wants to come out of this mess, you know. But it's it, it's an easy filter for me, see who wants to join the fight and who wants to not be a part of it. And so it, we'll, we'll get through it. Teams are tapping you on the edges. It seems like you can't sell the edges. What is the problem there? Yeah, it's, it's probably a lot of the technique and probably um, – I have to watch the film, so I know that they bounced a lot of the runs. Uh, I'd be concerned if we didn't have any bodies out there to make the tackles, but I felt like we had bodies out there to make the play. You feel like you guys brought the energy to match what they did with their coach calling this such an important game for their program. Yeah, I, thought, I mean, it looked really good at the beginning. You know, we're up fourteen to three, got a turnover, and uh, felt good about it. And, and uh, I think. You know, you have to give Liberty a lot of credit. Their fans are ready. I mean, there's a lot of excitement and energy coming from their, their fans, and we know their student section was behind us. And so, uh, you know, they, they had a lot of fun. They stormed the field. Um, and I know this was a big deal for them, but it was for us too. I, I just um, It just didn't work out in our favor. And, and, and maybe they, you know, when you're looking at it, they they're, they wanted it more than we did. And that, that was for sure. And, and um, you know, I, I need to find out why. And so... Uh, every game from here on out is is a Super Bowl for us, and that's uh, that that is the mindset that I expect our players to go through and our staff to go through in every game. Doesn't matter who the opponent is, and um, but now it's time for us to really show and, and form my, our identity out of this adversity. Yeah, I, I think the players had had a um, good message to each other, and I think there's a. I, I I like what I saw in the in the locker room. Players speaking up and leading and and um, calling each other out and holding each other accountable. That's going to be really good. We need that uh, moving forward from here on out. We need our players to step up and and um, take ownership of, of everything, you know. And, and for for coaches to do it too. But I I think it's promising knowing that the players are frustrated and they I expect them to give us the feedback and voice uh, their opinion as much as possible. We saw, I think Cody Epps came off. We saw Chris Brooks, I don't think, played much in the second half. Did, did, how did you come out of this thing health-wise? Uh, Cody obviously didn't return, so we'll have to look at that. Um, uh, he went into the tent. They, they looked at him. Um, you know, Obviously, we didn't have Peyton Wilgar going into this game, so uh, Chaz was able to play. Um, but I, I don't know, other, other than Cody, I don't know how, um, if anybody else was – unable to participate in this game. We had some, some guys that are banged up and towards the end they had to make some decisions. We put in our, our – um, that last drive was our backup. Uh, I think the last couple of drives we wanted to put our backups in there and keep some of our guys fresh, keep them ready. That They were kind of banged up ready for the next week. You mentioned the past couple of weeks that you've kind of known the answers. You feel like you've known the answers. Do you know where this team goes from here? Yeah, I've, I've, been through, I've been through stuff before. So I want to lean on the – Difficulties and and I know that uh, people have concerns and everything, but I I, I know I, one thing I can do is fight. I'm all about fighting through stuff. So uh, back me in the corner and find out, and that's where we're at right now. And so uh, things are going to get really tough in our program, and that's how it's going to have to be. And I look forward to to seeing the team that will emerge from all of this. Appreciate it, guys. Thank you. All right, so we'll come back after this here from Tyler Batty as we continue from Lynchburg. Liberty 41, BYU 14 on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. (laughs) 
Let's rejoin Greg Rubel for more Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You've heard from Jaron Hall on offense, head coach Kalani Zitake, and now Tyler Batty on defense. So let's head down to the locker room. Did you notice any difference with the D coordinator down on the field with you guys? Does that, that have any difference in kind of how you played? Um, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say I had a really uh, – Clearly, it didn't. It didn't have a, an incredible impact on uh, on how we played. What was some of the messages like on, on the defensive side from players after the game? Just uh, to be better, um, prepare better, um, play better. It uh, it just comes down to execution and um, get, getting our offense the ball. We heard Kuka maybe said some things in the locker room. Did any other players talk, and maybe what was the message there? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we, um, I think there's a lot of guys uh, that, uh, of course, talked with their position group, and, and uh, there's, there are a lot of guys frustrated, right? There's a lot of guys with uh, just with that urgency um, to, to improve. Uh, and and I think that's exactly what we need, and I I think that was the message you know post game tonight is just we have to we have an incredible we have an incredible coaching staff and we have an incredible locker room, um, and it's just time to to put the pieces together and be better. Where, where do you want to see the most improvement? <laughs> Making tackles. Um, I I would love to see our D line. <clears throat> um, Get more TFLs, uh, more sacks, uh, more disruption. Um, I, would, I would love to see more takeaways from our linebackers um, and, and our secondary. I, I, that's you know those are those those are big plays. I, I think we uh, just we as players just have to make more plays. I, I think that's where I, I think that's that's where everyone on the defense would like to see improvement is just coming together, playing as a unit, and and making plays. BYU has obviously a brand, and so much so that their coach said this was a huge game for them. Do you think that brand took a hit tonight? No. Um, I think uh, our brand, um, our brand is 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 who we have been, right, um, and, and who we are currently. Uh, this just this wasn't our our brand of football, um, and and that's what's that's what's frustrating. And and as we uh, work to get back to that, um, of course we're going to see more success because all our, our brand of football is is a very successful brand of football. I would say. Is this the most frustrated you've been since, since being at BYU after a game? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. I. Uh, it's just you know it's it's tough. Uh, like I said before, I think we have an amazing team. Uh, I think we have still have amazing potential uh, for the games down the straight. And so uh, to not um, to not achieve uh, expectations, our own expectations, um, you know that that sucks. That sucks. So yeah, very frustrating. Yeah, absolutely. All right, the BYU defensive end, Tyler Batty, speaking with the media. We'll take a break if we don't have anything else from the locker room area right now. 
and we will continue our post-game coverage after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Postgame coverage of BYU football continues with the Cougar Postgame Coaches Show. The Cougar Postgame Coaches Show is brought to you by Larry H. Miller Auto, conveniently located in Provo, Linden, and Orem. Larry H. Miller Auto, driven by you. Let's rejoin the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. All right, to the Cougar Postgame Coaches Show has begun. It is brought to you by Larry H. Miller Auto. Sorry, folks. It is brought to you by Larry H. Miller Auto, conveniently located in Provo, Linden, and Orem. Larry H. Miller Auto, driven by you. All right, uh, before we hear from BYU head coach Kalani Sitake on the headset, uh, Hugh Freeze, the head coach of the Liberty Flames, spoke with the media a short time ago. And our own broadcast intern, Dallin Burningham, was down there to grab these comments. Here's Coach Hugh Freeze. I've got a lot to, to on my mind. But... I don't know that I can uh, express it all. I, I think uh, first, I, I think we would be, um, first, I love BYU and what they stand for. I love their coach. Uh, I love the way they play the game. And, um, you know, I, I just, I, Kalani and I text this morning and just uh, said, man, what a, what a great honor it is to compete and and show the world that we can be different uh, universities and um, I just I respect the heck out of him and his players. I know they're going through a hard stretch. I hate that for them, and hate if they were offended in any way by our excitement uh, from our students and and everyone. I hope that's not the case. But uh, um, so I want to say that first, and then secondly, um, the vision Dr. Falwell cast. Many decades ago, um, to be able to walk in that today, to see the stadium full, the excitement around uh, campus today, even downtown last night, I just, you know, I didn't, I didn't particularly like it, but there was a lot going on, and, um, you know, that's, restaurants are full, and I got texts from a couple of my buddies who own restaurants saying, dude, thank you, this is the biggest weekends we've had, we'll have all year, and, um, all that's a product of, of of Dr. Falwell's vision. And then I think we'd be remiss not to also, I mean, Jerry Jr. and, and his vision to uh, to create a, a, um, a plan to, to uh, put in place so many things that fund the things that are necessary to, uh, to be competitive at this level. Um, man, what what uh, what a great plan he had! I wasn't here when he did it, but obviously, um, he was part of the crew along with Ian and Todd and Mickey that uh, brought me here. And I just uh, man, I just think, I just think there's uh, a lot of people that that share in this uh, in this night, and um, obviously then get to our fans. What an incredible atmosphere! Um, you know, to see them so ecstatic and and uh, and having the time they did just brings me great joy. And I uh, could have stayed out there a while, but it was getting a little tight for me. <laughs> and and um, um, I've gotten to experience that twice before, and it never gets old, even though I know it's not quite uh, the protocol. Um, uh, I just think it was a big night, and 
then our players, man, golly, that they fight. And uh, all week long, I kind of knew that we had a great plan and that uh, our kids had a little edge about them. All right, that's uh, Hugh Freeze. A few comments from Liberty head coach. Let's uh, drop out of that to head down to the Cougar locker room. And today's Waystar star of the game, Puka Nakua, joining us headset on headset for just a moment. Uh, Puka, seven grabs for a buck 14 and a score today. Puka, thanks for taking a minute. We appreciate it. Keeps cutting out. Well, Puka, can you hear us okay? Oh, yep. I can, I can hear you now. Okay, fantastic. Puka, thanks. Uh, Greg Grubel, Riley Nelson upstairs. Thanks for taking a second. Uh, first of all, uh, how are you feeling physically? Left the field a couple times. I was worried about you. How are you doing? Pretty good. I was able to make it through through the all four quarters. Uh, it's, a, it's a physical game of football that we play, but I feel good. <laughs> Not, right. I'm in one piece. <laughs> okay. Uh, and since you've been back, you've had the impact that all Cougar fans hoped you would have. How have you felt since returning to play? Um, it's been good. I, I love playing football. It's something I've been doing as a little kid, and I love playing out here with these guys. Um, I, I love being uh, – it, it was hard to be away from the guys to just be in there in practice, but it's been fun to get out there on Saturdays and to be out there with my brothers. All right. One of the first things that uh, Jaron Hall said was that you spoke to the team after the game. Uh, there are certain things you won't share with the public that you will share with your boys, but what, what do you want to say to Cougar Nation about what you wanted your teammates to know and what you'd like them to know? Um. <laughs> that's that's a tough one right there. I, to my message to Cougar Nation is um, just to just to to stick with us. We got a game on Saturday. We're coming back home to Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Um, we're we're still we, we're still a football team. We're we're all the guys in the locker room are proud to wear that BYU Cougars, and uh, we're gonna figure it out. It's it's a game of football that we come out here Saturdays. You never know what happens, but we're 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 preparing to to do better. We just got to keep getting better. That's just something that we gotta look ourselves in the mirror and. Um, see what we're doing wrong and just execute better. Puka, you're one of the more experienced players on this team. How do you help the uh, all, you know, 120-plus guys uh, understand what it takes to right this ship and really breaking things down to play-by-play play and assignment-by-assignment? Assignment? Yeah, it's a grind. Um, we're, we've already hit the halfway point, and I always think about um, something that I learned early on in college football and even in high school is that the eye in the sky does not lie. Um, we're going to go back. We've got to watch the tape. And uh, it's it's a self-reflection part. Uh, we're, we're, we're putting snaps out. We're, we have right, the right guys out there on the field, I believe, um, at least on the offensive side when we're going through. I, when I, I don't know much about what's going on in the defense. But when we watch the film, we've we got to be open to criticism. And the eye in the sky doesn't lie. If you're not getting the right route, if you're not running the right route at the depth, um, you're not blocking the right guy on the plays, um, there's we got a, a lot of guys that are capable of doing that. So if you're out there on Saturday, you got to get your job done. That's what it's all about. You we're we got to hold as players everybody accountable when you're out there on the field to get your job done. How did you see things open up on your long touchdown play? Um, <laughs> those boys out there, that was funny. That one of the safeties was was trying to call something out, but the, they had bad communication on that side. And Kibo and Koss, uh <laughs> escorted me all the way to the end zone. That was a fun one. When you got up 14-3, not that it's an intentional letting off the gas, but was there almost too much confidence that we've got this thing figured out at 14-3 when you look back on it? Um, I don't think so. We're, we, I, I feel very confident in our offense, and I know that's how our, our coaches feel too. Every time we step out there on the field, we're, we're in attack mode, and just some things didn't execute. It comes down to execution. I think we had a third, we had two third downs. Um, we had a in our first four drives, we had a three and out, a touchdown, a three and out, and then I believe another touchdown. So it was two touchdowns back to back and two three and outs, um, and on three and outs, the ball's coming to us on third down, the receivers, and we got to make plays when the ball comes to us. And whether it's third and eight or third and two, uh, 
I think about I I had a third down conversion where we had a jet sweep and I didn't make the play. Uh, the the guys blocked it up right, and we came out and they left me in the one on one. And that's what I, uh, I'm asked to do is to win my one on one, and they did that for me, and I wasn't able to do that. So just in those those critical those critical downs where we're coming in third down, that's um, some we've prided ourselves and being able to execute on third down, and we didn't get that done today. Last couple things for you, Puka. It was well documented how much Liberty put into this game. Did you need to have a, an identical level of motivation? Or did you think you have the respect for Liberty that you would hope to have for a game like today? Um, I think we definitely do. That's, that's, that's something that our coaches preach is re- to respect the game and respect the opponent. Everybody, just like I had mentioned earlier, you never know what happens on Saturday. It's, it's, a, it's a game out here, and we want to come out here and compete and dominate. That's our, that's our goal every time we step out there, and we just weren't able to get that done. And They, that was, they played some good football, but I also think of the many times where um, – they didn't make us do stuff that we didn't want to do. We just got to execute what our, what our game plan is. We had the plays. We had the opportunities. We just got to continue to execute. Okay, short game or short week before your ECU game. Last thing for you, Puka. What will it take for you guys to bust out of this three-game skid and get back on the winning track Friday night at home? Um, energy. We, we, we need a lot of energy. We, we, obviously, we're going, uh, we've hit a little bit of a rough patch, but there's still more football to be played, and we still have an opportunity to go out there and win games. We've got to, just like you mentioned, we were on a short week, so we're on a quick turnaround, and um, we got to digest the film, be ready to take that criticism, and then hit. Uh, ooh, I don't even know who our next opponent is. ECU, okay. <laughs> ECU, East Carolina, Friday night. <laughs> yep, we just got to be ready for those guys when the opportunity comes. That's how one game at a time you are. Hey, we're Samson right now these days. What's he doing? <laughs> he, him and Kai are probably beating each other up in Las Vegas right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. He he had some time with the NFL though, and then that was a good experience for him. Yes, most definitely. He gave came back and gave me some good some good tips, and uh, we've been working. He he's been giving me some good looks, and it's always fun to talk to him and Kai and all the advice that they have given to me, and just to try to implement implement, implement that into my game. Hey, I know you got to go. Thanks for the time, Puka. Thank you guys. Go Cougs right. always. That's Puka Nakua. All right, that's uh, Puka joining us from the BYU locker room area. Uh, Coach Kalani Sataki will rejoin us on headset in a moment. Let's maybe dip back into uh, Coach Hugh Freeze from Liberty and get a few of his uh, closing comments from today's game: Liberty forty-one and BYU fourteen. Um, we had a great week, a great Monday. I'm so happy for JB. I'm just so happy because he takes the he takes the brunt of uh, of a lot of our inconsistencies that we've had this year with our injuries, and um, just for him to uh, raise his game tonight um, in such an important night in the history of our program. I just, man, that's just so dang awesome. And um, I'm just so happy for JB and to be able to to experience this moment. Um, so uh, that that's gratifying. But our kids, man, they just, they just had a, we had a great game, great plan, great execution of it. And um, I've been holding some back a little bit offensively, as you saw, but um, maybe I shouldn't do that and make some of these other games quite um, so interesting. But really, it came down to JB being a, a consistent quarterback tonight, using his legs when he needed to, his checkdowns when he needed to, and um, you know, I mean, I thought just I, I'm, I'm rambling, but uh, it's a big night, and um, I made it big from Monday, and I debated if that was the right thing to do, but I think our players know me and if I said anything other than that I think they would have thought man man freeze ain't been he's not being he's not being true to himself and so I just told him point blank this is the biggest game in in school history and I don't know told him at the hotel this morning have no idea what the scoreboard would say at the end I have no idea 
and I don't even want you to look at the scoreboard. I want you to just in, immerse yourself in a, in a fist fight for four quarters, and let's see what it says. But the only thing that would make you a failure today would be you not offering up something that cost you something. And um, just proud that, of the way they responded. You've been part of some field stormings before in your tenure, uh, but did this one feel a little bit different? Yeah, for me, I, I think, uh, you know, not. I don't. this is not about me, so I don't. But uh, obviously to have them when you beat an Alabama who was the number one team in the nation was quite fun. Um, but to have um, the opportunity to um, come to a place that loves you for who you are, that gets to know you and judges you for – for who you are, good and bad, and um, and then gives you the reins to to prove that you can um, have field stormings at a place like this. You know, it makes my gratitude uh, level is pretty high, and um, just thankful. So it was. Uh, I mean, they're all fun, but this one right now, this uh, it ranks way up there. You fell behind 14 to three. Obviously, that's not the plan. But the resolve that your team showed—what were they able to do to, to overcome that? Well, I mean, you—I don't know if we have to keep talking about this, but our team has shown resolve every single game, even if we played ugly. So I, I don't—if you expect that our team is not going to show resolve, then I don't—you—you you, you guys really haven't been paying attention. That's something you should write about for the whole year. Is our our team has shown grit. Now we may have played as ugly as as you can play, but never once have they folded and, and not fight fought. So that was never uh, an issue. You know, the, the truthfully, um, and my coaches say, these these fouls that they called on our huge plays with Lyman downfield, which we have not had a single one all year on our RPO game, and all of a sudden this crew from a different conference is, is flagging them. Uh, I uh, and the coaches up top said, Coach, we are not beyond three yards. So I, I'm anxious to see it. But the, I thought that kind of killed our momentum. JB had one bad throw. It was a, it was a bad one, and, and, it, and you know it was a turnover. And but we knew I, we had good stuff planned for them, and uh, felt like we could stay balanced. And I think we did. I hadn't seen the stats. I, I don't know, but I thought it was a really solid game, other than one possession that we uh, kind of fooled around on. But I thought it, was a, thought it was a solid game. So, you know, we just kept doing what we did. And, uh, we, we, I never felt like they stopped us. And so it wasn't a matter of we just thought we kind of stopped ourselves. And um, But, uh, man, defensively I thought we played really well too to hold in the 14 points. Not many people have done that. Yeah, it was 547 yards tonight total. That's a, that's a season high. It, it was apparent early – trying to get the ball to your playmakers, your day-day hunters, your DeMario Douglases. But what about the guys like Noah Fripp and Freon Sibley and, and C.J. Daniels with a big catch and just yeah. other guys stepping up in the absence of, of others? Well, they had to. They had to step up. We had, you know, we were wearing a red shirt, C.J. Daniels, and um, went to him and just said, man, we're, we're really thin, and I think um, you could really help us win this football game. And he said, Coach, I'm, you know, I, I really want a red shirt so that I have healthy years and – um, but man, let's do it. And he never blinked and prepared himself. And uh, I thought everyone around JB played well. Our tight ends, 
played well. Our running backs caught the ball out of the backfield well. And uh, truthfully, I don't remember. I don't remember a drop tonight. Uh, I'm not saying we didn't have one. I just don't remember one. So you know, Noah's Noah's been in a lot of fights and wars with us. So it's not surprised to see him play well. You know, the offense is going to get a lot of publicity for 41, but after the first quarter, your defense held them to 142 yards over the final 45 minutes, no points, three and outs, turnovers. What can you say about the adjustments they made and just being able to just stymie that offense? Um, just, uh, you know, they've, they've played well all year, other than maybe third and long. And, um, you know, our coaches just keep – we just don't blink and we just keep working to figure out the next series and and what we can do. I think our front's playing well and stopping the run. I don't know what they had rushing, but it wasn't much, um, I don't think. But, yeah, seven. Yeah, it wasn't much. Uh, 71 yards, he was about to say. Uh, and uh, with sack-adjusted rush yardage, just 80 yards. Liberty's sack-adjusted rush yardage, there was nothing to adjust because there were no sacks. 300 rushing yards. For Liberty today. We'll come back and uh, take a break. After our break, we'll hear from Kalani Sitake, head coach, is coming up on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're listening to the Cougar Post Game Coaches Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now, back to Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Time for the valuable stat of the game. Brought to you by Economics Partners. BYU's accounting program is nationally ranked, so it's no surprise one of the nation's top business valuation firms is run by diehard BYU fans. Need a valuation for your business? Go to econpartners.com. BYU had uh, five tackles for loss on the day, but uh, no sacks. And uh, I think uh, the hope was that uh, uh, Jonathan Barnett could be pressured in this game. And uh, he, you know, did have to leave the pocket on, on a handful of occasions, but not to the extent that he was uh, taking a lot of losses, and there were no sacks on this day. Uh, Liberty did sack Jaron Hall two times for nine yards, six tackles for loss in total. BYU no sacks and five tackles for loss. And again, the rush yardage sack adjusted ended up as 300 to 80 in Liberty's favor on the day. Greg Grubel and Riley Nelson with you. We'll have BYU head coach Kalani Sitake on the headset for a few moments shortly, and then they'll be off on their buses and away to head home and get right back to work after a day off tomorrow. They'll be back on the practice field Monday in minus one day of practice as the Cougars get ready for ECU on Friday night at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Well, this uh, Liberty program headed by Hugh Freeze, uh, defeating BYU 41-14. to and uh, on the season, the Flames now go to 7-1 and one as BYU falls to 4-4. Four and four. And Hugh Freeze here in Lynchburg, Riley, goes to 33-12. And, 12. and uh, a man who was uh, head coaching at the P5 level in the SEC with Ole Miss uh, has uh, gotten the kind of success that lead people to think that he may be back in the P5 or SEC ranks soon. But as you noted in the pregame show, he stated a lot, stated a lot of affinity uh, for this place and this school. And uh, certainly they're appreciative of what he's been able to do here uh, on the mountain. Yeah, I mean, all the credit in the world to him. And I I think the offers are going to definitely be coming in. You know, it's interesting. 
Uh, I was listening to a podcast this week of a couple former coaches talk about how the game is becoming more and more increasingly transactional and actually that it started with the coaches leaving jobs, you know, leaving teams after bowl games and this and that for higher paychecks. And now that's trickling down into NIL and some of the deals that are being done uh, individually with players and the impact that that could potentially have on the game and the quality of the game. Um, And they said, you know, at some point there's probably going to be a trend backwards where coaches, rather than going for the money, choose to stay to place because they love it there and they've built a program and they want to continue to build a program. A guy like Hugh Freeze, who's already made the seven-figure-a-year paychecks in the SEC, and if he's been wise with his money, maybe he doesn't feel the financial pull as much to go and is much more looking to architect his own situation. And... uh, you know that, so that's a possibility for what Liberty's built here. He's obviously he mentioned the plan that he had coming into the game. I thought he had a great plan. Um, one of the things Mitch mentioned on the sideline that was a little bit disconcerting is uh, disconcerting was that in the second half they played mostly man coverage and BYU was unable to create separation. The receivers downfield, uh, which led to you know, I, I think Jaron was. I mean, he was under fifty percent for the whole game uh, in the second half. I think he was like thirty percent, right? So. Um, Credit again to Liberty and, and Coach Freeze. He's got a great thing going, and here's hoping BYU can find that same mojo. Uh, this season's probably not the one, but uh, take lessons learned from this season and uh, continue on that path as they progress. Uh, second time in three games, BYU had a tough time keeping the offense on the field. Against Notre Dame, BYU had the ball for 19.05. Today against Liberty, 20-47. and 47. Uh, last week against Arkansas, better, uh, 28-47. But uh, the Cougs have had uh, uh, more than 30 minutes of possession time just two times in eight games this year. Possession time isn't a be-all and end-all by any stretch, but uh, the disparity's been pretty wide to the point where BYU defended 77 plays today to Liberty's 50. Or rather, BYU defended 77 plays, Liberty defended 50. 27 plays, that's like a half of football, uh, the way BYU's playing it right now. That's a lot of extra snaps the, to have to the defend. The defense played 50% more snaps than the offense did, right? So if you equate that to a game, you know, the defense played uh, almost played a game and a half where the offense only played a half a game, right, when you kind of look at it that way. And that's a troubling trend. I mean, we keep wondering, like, Man, why can't this deep? Well, every time they go out on Saturday, it seems the offense ends up playing somewhere around a half a game, and the defense play ends up playing a game and a half. Um, and that's not an excuse for the defense. I mean, there are other issues. I I did think, you know, I talked about uh, a lack of emotion or fire. One of the players I did see that kept his motor going through all four quarters, I saw him, you know, running to congratulate guys after tackles, was Tyler Batty. We, we heard him in the postgame press conference, and uh, he he was kind of at a loss for words, which was actually encouraging. As much as I like, you know, good interviews and to get good content from players, I like seeing that because it lets me, uh, I feel genuine frustration, and he's probably masking some significant anger there. And uh, I, I, look, if it's if it's channeled productively, that's a very good thing, uh, that, that frustration even to the point of anger within a football team because it can inspire not just change but a quick change. Um, and that's what this team needs. Uh, Coach Tuiaki has talked about as a defensive goal, if you don't count the first downs to start drives, they want to defend a third down for every first down a team gains. Uh, and, and Liberty today gained 28 first downs. BYU defended just 12 third downs. And so that's, you know, the ratio's off. And then yeah. when they got to third down, uh, Liberty was 7 for 12 today. BYU's 3 for 11. And, and a great deal of the number of plays you have to defend comes down to that third down number. And there's been too many games this year where the opponent uh, just converts at too high a rate. And that was, again, the case uh, today uh, as Liberty went uh, 7 for 12. 
It's all about ramping up the stress, right? The reason why he's interested in those metrics is if you can make it tough on early downs, then it's a high-stress situation on third down. And if you can be good on third downs, then you're limiting the team significantly. And BYU has not been good on any of the three downs, or, or the fourth one for that matter, in the few times in the recent losses when they've had to defend it. So ECU on a short week. Um, the Cougs get home you know, late tonight, early in the morning, uh, past midnight. I won't have the Sunday of practice, obviously. And then uh, you're down one day. Uh, you remember your Friday night experiences, uh, Riley? Some of them came in the Utah State games. Uh, what does a week feel like without just an extra day as opposed to maybe two extra days? Well, hopefully they uh, go a little bit heavier on Monday. So Monday, rather than being kind of like a workout the kinks and more of an intellectual day, uh, you're still just in helmets, but you're um, you're putting more volume out there and you're going a little bit more intensity. And then so Monday's got to be heavier. And then Tuesday, especially after a tough loss like this, is a real, real um, is a is a heavy day. I think, you know, Tyler Batty says they need to tackle better. Like it, I know it's it would be a little bit unorthodox. But, man, I would – if I was on the staff, I'd strongly suggest that they go full pads and they return to maybe some camp tempo-type practicing uh, because as much as you want to protect these guys from injury, you, you got to – you got to play the basic, you know, tenets of football, and that's be physical and be able to get guys to the ground and do that. And then Wednesday, obviously, you want to start your recovery because you want your guys to be fresh. One of the things that would be interesting, just lack of execution and a little bit of, and at times, lack of effort. If this were a coach, I obviously didn't play for Sataki, so I don't know it, but if this were a Coach Mendenhall team, we would also spend a significant amount of time in that Monday's practice um, with conditioned, uh, how do I say this? <laughs> uh, condition-driven drills to teach, uh, to emphasize the mistakes made and to instill the discipline needed to correct them. Exactitude? Yeah. Precision, those kinds of things? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't know if fans will remember perfect tens. I don't, much, I don't know how much that uh, made itself out, but essentially we ran um, – we ran sprints for 45 minutes one time after a loss similar like this, but we got the point, came out, and played a much cleaner, better game the next week. Let's head down to the locker room area. Kalani Sitake, BYU head coach, joining us now on the headset. Uh, one quick segment with Kalani before the uh, team gets off and on the buses. BYU falls to Liberty today, 41 uh, to 14. Uh, first up, Kalani, uh, Hugh Freeze, very complimentary of you, your program. And, and the BYU name and BYU brand, I know you want to pay uh, credit to Coach Freeze and his program. It's a good football team that uh, goes to 7-1 and one today. Yeah, definitely. And um, obviously uh, not our best showing and uh, disappointed at, at our performance. And that's you know my job as head coach. But um, you can't take anything away from Liberty. I think they played uh, you know an outstanding game from, from top to bottom. And uh, they just wanted it more, and and, and um, the team that does that usually comes out the victors. And in this case, um, you know they rolled off 38 points in a row, and, and uh, the thing is done. So, um, uh, you know we're in a tough spot right now, but um, you know I I am I'm excited to see who comes out of this, who's going to emerge out of this from our program, coaches, staff, and players. And, and I, I believe in a lot of our guys, and and um, you know we're we're obviously got to refocus and, and get things um, way different than what, we're, what we've been doing uh, if we're going to change this momentum, this yeah. downward momentum. You said Liberty wanted it more. What do, you, what do you need your guys to want to have to show it, to, to, to be able to have this season finish the way you want it to, Kalani? Well, I think there's a, there's, there's a responsibility from everybody to do this, but I, my, my, I'm the head job, a head coach. That's my job. So obviously um, uh, you know, I, I've got to figure some things out and, and and uh, see 
kind of, uh, you know, see what we can actually get done in a short week um, from a lot of different angles. And, and uh, the thing that I was really disappointed in today was just the, the loss of fundamentals. And that's something that I thought we focused on quite a bit last week. And the fact that, you know, fundamentals meaning not able to block, not able to, to, to um, you know, to tackle our inability to do that cons- do that consistently and do it well um you know th- those when you're in the situation where you're trying to run the right scheme to stop what they can do offensively you, you rely on guys doing their 111th and that means making the block and making the tackle and um and then not being able to take care of the football and for us on defense um not being able to disrupt and and and, and get after the quarterback i mean too comfortable you know the fact that he had this type of efficiency that's on that's on us and that's on us not being able to disrupt disrupt his timing <clears throat> coaches we've followed your career you've had success pretty much everywhere you've gone so I, I don't know if you have much insight to that but you have been a guy on the game your whole life so i'm sure you do but where i'm going with this is i'm i'm unfortunately not proud to say that you know i've been on teams where losing has become acceptable so what does what does it look like when um you know losing patterns or losing habits start to become acceptable on a team and how do you identify those and combat those yeah it's easy to identify those who believe in those who want to be here and that, and that goes from the entire program. And who's willing to fight? That's that's the thing. Is I know you said you've been on some of those teams, but you know who the fighters are. You know, and, and uh, we need to have 11 guys on on the field fighting for the team. And if all we have is that 11, then that's 11 that has to play all three ways. You know, but uh, we have more than that. And and um, but that, that that goes for everybody. Right now, you're, you're going to stick out like a sore thumb, especially when. Uh, I'm looking for fighters in this position. I'm looking for guys who are going to willing to work and grind and get this thing done and focus on on all the little details. We've been doing that, but um, right now at this point, you're going to see if, if people can uh, avoid the outside noise, the negativity, and they can grow and love and, and, and keep getting better as a team, or if if a person is going to split up and do do their own individual thing. And that's that's for coaches, staff, and players. That that for me, that's the filter right there. And um, and that's what I'm going to go with. Like, who, who, who's want, who wants to join me in the fight? And uh, We have a lot of players like Puka and others that want to fight. Let's go see who else wants to be along with us. Hey, Kalani, from 2-0 and and beating Baylor to 4-4 four and four and where you are right now, what's changed most within your team from then to now, do you think? Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, looking at, at what we can play for, that, that's the thing is these guys have a lot more to, to accomplish. And, and um just disappointing, but you got to get over it already. And the way you get over it is fight and get to the next one, and and do everything you can to exhaust every ounce of energy you have going into the next week of prep and going into the game. That's uh, that's what we can do. And uh, I felt like we had that, and the momentum was probably there, and the energy probably came a little bit more from um, outward forces. Now we're all about intrinsic. Now this has got to come from within and within the circle of of our of our team. And uh, let's see what happens, man. I, I'm 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 uh I'm not I'm not excited that we're in this position because I know we can play better. We're definitely better than four and four. But this it is the reality, and so we face the reality, and we have four guaranteed games left. Uh, one coming up on a Friday, and we've got to have this. It's it's a sense of urgency. There's no more room to to to. There's no room for error now. Now now the the urgency just takes off, and and so we're, we're on edge now. You know everybody's on edge and. 
Uh, I'm looking forward to it. I'm really looking forward to getting this, this done next week. Kalani, you told the media that you called defensive plays today. What kind of tone did you want to set by making this change, and what tactically did you want to see done with you on the headset? Well, I wanted to simplify the defense and so we can execute better. And, and, and when you do that, it's not totally about scheme. It's now, we, now it comes down to who's doing their job, who's uh, taking care of the fundamentals, who's using the right proper technique and alignment and assignment. Um, and I'll, I'll be able to see it from the film. And, and um, I, I just mentioned there's not a lot of room for error, so I just don't know if um, we keep playing with a lot of the guys that are making mistakes there. we just got to keep moving on. And that's what my goal is to simplify it so we can get that done. Uh, obviously, Liberty gave us a bunch of different looks and, and had uh, some, some unique things that with the, with the personnel packages that they have that, that we knew that going into the, into the game that would be difficult. But in terms of simplifying, I didn't feel like we were in a bad position. We just uh, they extended drives and made plays um, against man coverage, against our base stuff, cover three and and, and cover two, and um, they were able to make the plays. We weren't able to get to the quarterback, and and so I have to figure out why we weren't able to get there with a four man rush, and even with some pressure, why we weren't able to get there and, and disrupt his timing. Outside of the pass rush, which you just identified, and I know this uh, loss is fresh, but are there any other either personnel or coaching assignment uh, adjustments that are on your mind right now? Um, no, I have to keep looking at it, and and, and listen, the, the season's still going. So you, when you're making adjustments, they're, they're usually within. We we need all hands on deck, and. Uh, so I need all the help I can get, you know, and 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 I'm not open to, uh, I'm not I'm not uh, gonna hide from criticism or or or, um, uh, you know, when people want to talk about what we're doing differently. But I'm going to simplify our stuff so we can so the errors can be seen, and then we hold the right the right people accountable for for why it's it's happening. That's that's what it's gonna come down to, and and um, you know I I have a good feeling about where we can make some corrections and. Um, be in a better position but it, this is the we're talking about the defense here and offensively uh, block better you know and and uh establish a run game and let's let's do some things where we can make the plays and let's get let's get in a situation where jaron can throw the ball and, and, and be accurate and so i have there's a lot of things to, to fix and um uh, you know I, I think uh the guys are humbled right now and now we got to build off of the humility and and, and get them ready so they can play assignment sound football and give us a chance. Yeah, the nature of the game dictated a lot of this, Kalani, but, you know, 48 rush attempts to 16. That's a 3-to-1 rush attempt ratio, Liberty to BYU today. Yeah, and, and uh, we did nothing to, to, to really stop them from doing that. So uh, they, they were able to run the ball on us. They popped a couple big ones on us, the one really long one that went 80. Yeah. Um, but um, we knew they have, they have good players, man, and, and – um, you know, you can't you can't make um, plays on, and you can't stop people unless you get better at tackling. And um, in those situations, I felt like there's definitely a high number of missed tackles. And um, you know, th- that's the name of the game. You have to tackle better. Um, obviously, we have to put our players in the best scheme so they can tackle better. But uh, you know, overall, there's a lot of room for improvement. I'm, I'm looking forward to getting it done. It was interesting that Hugh Freeze said in his post-game comments, I hope that BYU wasn't offended by our excitement. There was a, there was a field storm tonight. You know everything they were putting into this game, and I know you don't feel that way. That's their right to celebrate the way they did. Yeah, and, and, and I, I, know he, I know what he was saying because he, he's, a, he's a good man and, and just you know focusing on the sportsmanship of the game. They, I know that they uh, – it was an honor for playing this game. I, I know they had the vision of this happening in their athletic department from years ago. Um, you know, we they definitely wanted it more, and 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 um, I don't think uh, everybody on our team took them lightly or, or our staff, but 
there is a different sense in the game where where you can tell that they really really wanted it, and even when the game was out of control, they were still hung around and ready to storm the field. Um, you know, I wanted to shake hands with them and everything, but uh, for the for the player safety and things like that, just getting out of the way. Uh, we we wanted to shake hands, but it was we explained that it was better for us to kind of get out of the way, let them have their moment, and congratulations to Liberty and their fans. Um, you know, it didn't work out in our favor, but it, it, we do love the game of football, and it was nice to have two teams that that are, are Christian-based teams be able to compete. And obviously, congratulations for, to them for winning. But uh, we we definitely know we can play better. Uh, we won't get this one back. We get next week, and so that's the. That's the thing to be optimistic about and be positive. There's still a lot more to play for uh, this season, and we have to define it to our players and see if that's good enough for them. And if not, then then uh, those guys should not be on the field. So mm-hmm. let's let's get the guys that care and love it and love what they do and represent BYU, and let's go out there and do it. And, and um, to all the fans that showed up in the game, thank you so much for always supporting us. We love you guys. Uh, apologize that we didn't play the best that we can, but uh, look, looking forward to get, getting it done next week. Yeah, finding finding the want uh, finding the want that they need to beat ECU on a, on a short week on Friday night. Yeah, it, it, I mean it comes down to it the sense of urgency you can't hide anymore. So that that's uh, we'll find out real quickly what we're made out of and 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 who's who we can definitely count on uh, to join the fight and who's who's going to cower away from it. Kalani, thank you for the time. Safe travels. Thanks, guys. Go Cougs. All right, that's Kalani Sitake. We'll come back with Cougar Nation now. You can reach us on Cougar Nation now, hashtag BYUCNN, hashtag BYUCNN for Cougar Nation now, or just to tweet me at Greg Rubel. Included in our Cougar Nation now program will be a trivia question for two half gallons of famous creamery ice cream. And it sounds like it's uh, anything but ice cream weather back in Utah tonight. Uh, the weather has changed, cool, maybe rainy, maybe icy, and maybe even snowy by tomorrow night. But uh, it was a gorgeous day here for all but the outcome in Lynchburg. 41-14, to Liberty over BYU, our final score. Greg and Riley and Mitch will soon join us up in the booth as we continue with you on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're tuned to the BYU Creamery Cougar Nation now. BYU Creamery, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. Be a part of the show by emailing your questions to CougarNationNow at BYU.edu or tweet your questions to at Greg Rubel using hashtag BYUCNN. Let's head live to the Built Bar broadcast booth and join Riley Nelson, Mitchell Jurgens, and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. BYU Creamery, Cougar Nation now, brought to you by the BYU Creamery, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. Cougars lose their third in a row for the first time in three years. It's not the sole reason for the three-game losing skid, but emblematic of the streak is BYU's problem or issue on third-down defense. The last three games have seen the opponents convert 69%, 80%, and 58% of third-down attempts. And why are the third downs so easy to convert or easier than BYU to convert? One of the reasons is what teams are doing on first and second down. And the first down number today was nearly two yards difference between Liberty and BYU. Riley, you pointed out during the break, but Liberty gained 6.3 yards per first down today. And BYU wasn't slouchy at 4.5, but... Second, second and four and is your, and is your yeah. average. Second and three and a half is your average, <laughs> meaning your third downs are likely going to be uh, in the wheelhouse. Oh, if you're a quarterback or anybody on the offense, you are just like you're a kid in the candy shop with that. The whole the entire playbook's open to you. You have no stress. You, you can you, The defense is on their heels the entire time if you're averaging six and a half yards a crack. 
and the third down number uh, as a result becomes a much more manage- manageable in this game. Uh, the game ends up with Liberty defeating BYU by a final score of 41-14. to Again, the three-game losing streaks are rare. Uh, for BYU, it's been three years. Uh, you know, the 50-point games like last week were rare, only the second time for BYU. Losing by this many points is rare, only twice in the Kalani Sitake era has BYU lost by more than today's 27 points, but 27 was the final margin, and 38 nothing though, was the final run, and I'm not sure that Kalani's been on the receiving end of a 38 nothing run since he's been the head coach. That's a tough one. Yeah, I mean... Yeah. He's, I mean, he's searching, and he keeps talking about fight, and uh, that's something that these kids. Uh, I'm going to sound a little bit old, old manish or old schoolish, but uh, the the current generation, um, there there's so many other elements that have entered the game as far as uh, just overall persona and and making and personal branding and the portrayal out your personal uh, brand on social media and things like that. But like at the end of the day, the, you still, it's a still a physical violent game and you need an element of nastiness and an element of emotion. You need, you need that emotional investment. You're never going to be successful in the game of football without a significant emotional investment. And uh, I don't think that's been obvious or been made up to this point. So we'll see who's willing to do it. And uh, as Kalani said, priority number one is identify those guys and put them in position to put that uh, emotional investment on display because it may be more than simple defensive tactics at this point uh, Kalani got more involved Kalani called the defensive plays this week Arkansas gained 600 plus uh, Liberty was around 550 in yardage uh, that, that, was, that, that wasn't going to be the solution for this team over the space of a week was a different guy on the headset we saw that today uh, there's more involved if I could go back to your third down number for a moment uh, the average – have you seen the average third down distance? I looked yeah. it up. Have you seen it already? Yeah. yeah. So the average third down distance to go today for BYU was nine. Yep, third So it's nine. third and nine was BYU's average. Our, uh, Liberty's average was third and 4.7. That's a huge difference. That, 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 that's, that's a two-to-one difficulty ratio, if you will, in terms of converting on third down. Uh, so Liberty had less than a third and five on average, and BYU had nearly a third down and ten on average today over the course of the game we literally on our play sheet when i was playing our third down and four to seven was labeled money plays because like that's where our money was made that's where we felt most comfortable in an offense if we could be if we could land our average third and go to it's somewhere between third and four to seven which we felt like was realistic uh we knew we were going to be good as an offense and uh, you also, conversely, you knew that if you were third and nine uh, on the day, it was going to be tough sledding. So BYU was once two and zero. Oh. Uh, BYU was once also four and one. And here the Cougars are at uh, at four and four. Uh, Double digit win season no longer a possibility. The only thing you're playing for now, beyond pride and improvement and those kinds of things, are to get bowl eligible and win your bowl game. And that is still two wins away uh, for BYU to get to the six. That would then get you to uh, the chance of a seventh win in the postseason if you weren't to get any more during six in the regular season. So that said, the challenge of an independent is to stay undefeated. Once that goes away, it's to stay in the New Year's six mix. Once that goes away, it's to get ten wins. Once that goes away, it's to get bowl eligible. And that's where BYU's at. The fourth and last pillar, if you will, uh, is the one that BYU has to shoot for now. BYU clearly has to get a lot better in the Big 12. But one of the things that will be refreshing in the, from, from getting into the Big 12 is the fact that you are playing for more than just those things. You'll be playing for uh, league championships and automatic bursts and things that weren't your uh, uh, 
purview as an independent. That's to look forward to down the line. But, of course, to compete for those kinds of things, BYU will have to be um, uh, you know, better than they've been to this point to be at 4-4 four and four on the year. J.D. McKell on Twitter on hashtag BYUCNN says, how does BYU get worse as the season goes on instead of better? He says it seems to be a yearly trend. And he said, no, depth cannot be the excuse anymore. Uh, so J.D.'s comments can lead us into an overarching discussion about where BYU goes from early season to mid or late season. And, and there's no doubt, whether it's last year at 5-0 and or this year after beating ranked Baylor, there are some early high points that BYU reaches that uh, are difficult to maintain throughout the course of the season or have proven difficult to maintain throughout the course of a season. Can you disregard depth entirely, or what else is there that can address the fact that BYU has taken maybe early peaks or even a 4-1 and one start and see it slide to 4-4? Four and four? And we have to note the caliber of opposition, uh, Notre Dame, Arkansas, leading into today, uh, Liberty no slouch, um, and, and maybe subconsciously BYU still feels that, well, Liberty is a program that was in the FCS six, seven years ago. This is a game we should be able to handle if we play good football. Um, anyway, kind of a long setup for you guys to hit uh, any of those points. Take it, Mitch. Yeah, I, I think um, w- one of the things that, and I agree with that comment, I think this is why we're all, um, it's 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 hard to understand, you know how how much hype there was around this team, and then where they where they are now. People are questioning, like you know, where does BYU go from here? And and I think it comes down to, for me at least, it comes down to the fundamentals and the basics. And you heard Kalani talk about this. And and, and a football season is long, and it's difficult, right? Um, BYU is getting to the point, and and they're going to make this transition as they get to the Big Twelve, where week after week they're playing incredibly competitive teams, and and this team has to figure out, and these players have to, you know, it's a real gut check time to uh, to understand just how difficult a Division One schedule is um, in a Big Twelve caliber, even this season when you have these big games back to back to back that you have to bring it every single week, um, and uh, because it's clear that. When the team is ready to play and 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 there is health uh, and, and everybody is healthy, um, that this team can compete with anybody. But um, it's just they've got to figure out how to get out of this this rhythm where it seems like um, it's it's just difficult to overcome. And and these players need to uh, need to step up and and really look internally to determine you know how much can I improve in the fundamentals and the basics um, because that's what it comes down to. Missed tackles, missed assignments um, and, and things like that, that they can correct if it, through preparation um, because if you fix it during the week, then you can fix it on Saturdays. And um, and so we'll see what happens here, but definitely uh, an emphasis on the fundamentals and the basics. They've got to perfect that so they can continue to build off of it. It's almost become a meme uh, on, on Twitter at least, but are you guys familiar with the whole rat poison thing? Does know about this? Well, I, I, so, I only know about the coach speak rat yeah, poison. Yeah. yeah. So years ago, it, was, it came out of Alabama, right? It's a big time saving thing. What is it, right? The, the praise is rat poison. Exactly. And why? Because rat po- what is rat poison, right? You lay out these little tablets. They taste sweet to a rat, so it eats it up. And what is it actually doing? Killing it's you. It's actually killing you, right? Um, I, I wonder. I'm, I, it's a little bit conjecture. 
But BYU and BYU's fans are some of the best at heaping praise on its players. And its social media teams are so good. And players are out there. And, like, after you're beating Baylor and you start 5-0 and last year and all this stuff, like, all of a sudden everybody's that. Jaron Hall's getting love from, I, I think it was Mel Kuyper or Todd McShay, one of those, you know, he was in his top five and uh, and all this stuff. And, like, it's you really have to in, you have to completely insulate yourself from that. At Alabama, they're, they're that's well aware, right? They lose maybe one game a year, so like that's a constant reminder for a team like BYU. It's like, hey, this if it's so rare to be five and zero, let's enjoy it. But but one of the problems might be that it, it might be a little bit of rat poison that these guys start to believe their own press clippings. They start to embrace it, and it sounds it sounds joyless, but that's the nature of the game. Is you have to be extremely mature, or you have to inoculate yourself against the early season hype, the early season success, and all the praise that comes along with it, so that you can avoid a tail off that uh, has been observed most severely in this season, but in seasons past as well. BYU falls to Liberty by a score of 41 to 14. We're talking it over from Lynchburg's Williams Stadium, where a record crowd of 24,000 plus was on hand today, and a lot of those folks in the stands ended up on the field on a field storm afterward. Uh, as Kalani told us, and I did not notice this, but uh, he and Hugh Freeze did not a- were not able to shake hands as a result of the field storm. But uh, they said they kind of anticipated that might be the case, and so for player safety, Kalani shuffled off with his team. Hashtag BYUCNN if you want to reach out to us. Hashtag BYUCNN or Cougar Nation now at byu.edu on the email cougar nation now one long word two ends at the back end cougar nation now at byu.edu it is byu creamery cougar nation now coming up in our next segment we'll have a trivia question the answer to which will win two half gallons of famous byu creamery ice cream cougar nation now brought to you by the byu creamery the classic byu tradition have a scoop today four and four byu heading home to host ecu next friday night we'll come back with more from lynchburg on the new skin byu sports network You're listening to Cougar Nation now on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Here's your host, the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Hashtag BYUCNN on Twitter. BYU Creamery Cougar Nation now continues from Williams Stadium here in Lynchburg, Virginia. Final score is 41-14 to in Liberty's favor. Uh, a comment came in, I think it was Andy on uh, Twitter, talked about players not winning on any play. And that's, of course, a, a generality. But on that note, how much of what's happening to BYU right now is coming down to simply not enough guys who you'd expect to win their plays winning their plays when it's time to make them? Uh, maybe Riley or Mitch take a swing at that. What do you think? Yeah, I'll take a step first. I mean, I think I think it's absolutely part of it. Um, a lot of my focus, uh, just as a former receiver, I'm looking at the receivers and uh, I mean, we talked about it. This is something I noticed during the game, but our receivers are not creating any separation to help Jaron Hall make those throws. And you look on the flip side, and Liberty quarterback has all day to throw, and he's throwing to wide open players. It was the same. It was the same situation last week, um, and uh, with this BYU defense just giving um, these quarterbacks so much room to make these throws where they don't have to be perfect. And and what these receivers, especially what we saw today, is they're they're expecting Jaron to make precision 
perfect throws because they're not creating enough separation. And this even comes from guys that have been, uh, I mean, even Pukunakua, he, he made some good catches today, made some good plays, but he didn't create enough separation. No, there was like three down the stretch where they were exactly. PBUs because the DB was right on his back. And, and Chase Roberts was the same way. I don't know if Chase had a catch, or, but he, he, a number of times Jaron tried to throw to him over the middle. And, no catches. And, no catches, and it was he just couldn't create the separation. And so in those matchups, right, you know, Jaron Hall is expecting that these receivers need to win, especially in man coverage, and they're not getting it done, which makes it difficult to move the chains. Um, and and that's, it, it, at least from the offensive side, they have to do their job. You look at um, the offensive line as well, and this is game after game that BYU is not creating rushing lanes for the running backs um really it looks like the only success that BYU's had is on the on the sweeps from the receivers and early on in game one you know we thought that this offensive line was going to be just exceptionally dominant um to create holes and lanes for these running backs but we're not seeing them win their personal battles to create those um their individual battles and and I think so absolutely it's it's Players need to step up and, and look internally and, and find out how to win each of their matchups because, again, that's how you collectively win as a team. Your most pure one-versus-one matchups, is, as Mitch has already said, is wide receiver versus DB. And then the second is a defensive lineman, especially defensive end versus a tackle on a pass rush. So as evidenced by how many pass breakups we, we saw and have seen in recent weeks and the lack of sacks and QB hits and pressures, is those are the two most glaring to me. You talk about the run game. The run game takes a little bit more coordination and there's a lot involved as far as targeting and and you know being able to communicate the plays up front amongst the five or six guys if a tight end is attached which they often are but the two most basic and the two pure purest forms of 1v1 it's very evident that they're not winning those Kalani I'm not sure where he's going to go for this but Kalani made the point uh, certainly with us maybe with the other media too that that he will be looking to see uh, who's making the most mistakes and maybe take those players off the field. Um, at least that's how I interpret it. Is that kind of the way you, you, you heard it said as well? I should credit this. Um, I saw it on, so sorry if you're out there in Cougar Nation and you're listening, but someone showed a comparison on Twitter of, uh, all right, they showed the Division One average of how many snaps of starters that starters play. I don't know if you guys saw yeah, this. And then they, 58%. Yeah, yeah, and then they sampled, and then they sampled, you know, kind of, it was five random teams. You know, they showed Alabama, and then they yeah. showed, like, Utah State and Baylor, you know, some of uh, BYU's opponents. And the average is about 78%. The upper, the top-tier teams, it was above 80%. Are some we talking about starter 40, snaps? Starters the, playing yeah, snaps, yeah. it was it was like 84, 85 on some of these top-tier teams, and BYU was 58, 58%. Meaning that there's far too many dudes in the mix. I think it's diluting the product, and I think Kalani's recognized the errors of that ways. There's no more like, oh, he, he's a lesser athlete or a lesser talent, but he's fresh. No, you need to find... And it's an overused term, but you need to find your dogs. and Play then those, your studs. Yeah, and those dogs need to go to work. Okay. And uh, we do enough research, and I do enough spotting boards that, uh, you know, the teams BYU faces, I find that, that a lot of their depth chart guys are there on paper only because yep. they're not showing up in the numbers. They we don't never play. call them. They don't yeah. play because it's the studs who are playing. And, and those teams are relying on those guys to make their plays. And this was kind of an off-the-air conversation, but it, 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 uh, it, it can be shared on the air as well. The Cougars need more defensive playmakers. Um, and it's not, it's not just a takeaway number, although BYU had two today. It's a disruption number. It's a havoc number. Um, it's an INT number 
on on plays going downfield because the only ints BYU has right now are underneath at linebacker. The Cougars uh, have no. Talon Alfrey had one today. Well, that's a good and, point, and, and that yeah, was that's gifted that's to right. him. That's right. Yeah, that, yeah that, he, that's didn't, the first... he didn't make a play on it. It was a sheer overthrow. Right, but it's the first DB INT of the season. Yep. Um, the Cougars need just a few more plays being made on defense, well, and that's and that's INTs, it's PBUs, yeah. it's sacks, it's TFLs. Uh, teams get into these third and shorts because there aren't enough negative plays against that BYU's forcing upon them. The havoc rate's low for BYU. I mean, let's take baby steps. I want to see hurries first, then QB hits. We're not even seeing uh, – and it was artificial turf surface today, but we're not even seeing – K.J. Jefferson's jersey was – was Chris was pristine clean. They probably didn't even need to wash that thing except for the sweat that was on it. There sure weren't grass stains on it. And the same today, Bennett was there. So let's start there. And I'll say this as a quarterback, a PBU is pretty demoralizing because, like, it, you know, if the DV can even just get his hand and knock it down before it even gets the receiver, which a couple of those happened, uh, Liberty was able to get a couple of those. Let's just start, like, let's take baby steps and get there and dream one day of actually ter- converting those into picks and sacks. But right now, you're not even seeing those incremental disruption plays in the form of PBUs and hurries and QB hits happen. Let's head. Uh, do you have anything else there, Mitch? Are you good? Well, the the only other thing that I'd, I'd say on this is, and we talk about it, right? Riley says that fifty eight percent starters aren't aren't on the field. Um, the first step in the right direction is defense, and maybe that's part of it. Maybe putting your starters on the field consistently is going to get them off of the field, um, but it is difficult. I mean, I'm down there on the sideline, and a lot of these players are calling themselves out of the game. Yeah. That's a bad culture move. And yep. Because they're winded, or they, they need a breather, they need a couple plays to catch their breath, and, and, and this could be another call to the players to say, look, in practice, put yourself in a position, whether that's Did you ever come off the field um, outside of your personnel package? No. Yeah. Uh, like, my dudes, and I would have been yeah. furious as a quarterback. Like, if Cody Hoffman's subbing himself out, I saw Puka three times sub himself out. If I was, back in my day, Cody was my go-to guy. If Cody was subbing himself out, I go and have a talk with him saying, you don't do that. And if his coach is pulling him out, I'm going to, at the time it was Coach Cahoon, and being like, yeah. you can't take my guy. No, exactly. And, and and part of that, if that's the case, if these players feel like they're they're 100% gas and they've got to come in, um, or they've got to pull themselves out to catch a breather, you know, Step up in practice, put more conditioning, uh, put more yeah. emphasis on conditioning to get themselves right. And, and that can be on the individual level. It can be at the team level. Um, but put yourself in a position to be able to go 60, 70 plays and go at 100% effort. And it can be done because players do it. Um, but we're not seeing it right now for BYU. Let's head to break by giving you all a trivia question for two half gallons of famous BYU Creamery Ice Cream. It's BYU Creamery Cougar Nation now. And time for our inside scoop trivia question. Here is the question. You have to send in the correct answer, and it's got to be the first on my timeline. Riley's getting ready. Riley loves, I won to, last be first. Week. loves to be first on this one. And, and his advantage today is he knows the answer already. Oh, okay. Um, so here's the question. Which BYU quarterback-receiver duo has accounted for the most career touchdown connections? Which BYU quarterback-receiver duo has accounted for the most career touchdown connections? We're looking for two names, a quarterback and a guy who caught the passes. Which BYU quarterback and receiver duo accounted for the most career touchdown connections? The first correct answer, using the hashtag, this is important, using the hashtag BYUCNN, the first correct answer to cross my timeline using hashtag BYUCNN wins two half gallons of famous BYU Creamery ice cream. Fire away or back with an answer after this.
Let's get you back to Cougar Nation now on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. All right, uh, closing it out here from Lynchburg tonight. Uh, Liberty 41 and BYU 14. Flames end the game on a 38 nothing run. Uh, we gave you before the break our skill testing trivia question for two half gallons of famous creamery ice cream. Yes, Riley Nelson was first in with the correct answer, but Riley is ineligible. There's some rules preventing Riley from winning the ice cream. Uh, but uh, just seconds. So everybody a- knows the integrity of the contest is still intact. Right. We did not discuss prior. Uh, well, you did say going into break that we knew, but but you get I got it right when you asked me pregame. Right, I got it right without you telling yeah, me. Good point. So yeah. Riley legitimately knew the answer before he knew the answer officially. He knew what the answer was in pregame. In postgame, he's also correct and he's first, but he can't win. But seconds after Riley Nelson, someone with the Twitter handle at the Crown Jewel, answered correctly: Max Hall to Austin Collie, and that's it. Max Hall to Austin Colley, 22 career touchdown connections. Max was so good that he's in first place and, and second, second place. <laughs> Max Hall to Dennis Pitta with 19. Wow. Uh, talk about playing your studs, right? You've oh, yeah. got your guys. And he had Austin Colley and he had Dennis, Dennis Pitta. And he got, went to him for 41 touchdowns. Yeah, and consistency. Also, I think he had 40 starts or close to. is like 39 or 40 starts. He won 32 of those games. Like the he consummate was, winner. He was just out yes. there all the time, and uh, he found those horses, and he rode those horses. Never missed games, never left games. There, and was, the, there was that run, the John Beck to Max Hall run of like six seasons where John didn't miss games and Max yeah. didn't miss games, and not coincidentally, BYU had un, un, like unprecedented success over that I'm sorry, span. sorry, Cougar Nation. Of, I broke it. I was next, and I missed all. I missed <laughs> no. in every season I played. Dang it! Uh, so Max to Austin, number one. Max to Dennis is also second. Jim McMahon to Clay Brown's third, eighteen touchdowns. Robbie Bosco to Mark Bellini is fourth at seventeen, and John Beck to Johnny Harleen. Beck to Harleen, sixteen career touchdowns. Good way to close things out on a uh, on an upbeat note today. Uh, a downbeat day for the Cougs here in Lynchburg. 41-14 to 14, Liberty is the final. Our next game coming your way from Lavelle Edwards Stadium next Friday. ECU and BYU 6 o'clock kick 4 o'clock pregame. Let's thank our crew back at BYU Radio. Logan Gardner and uh, Adam Woodall were our control board operators. Terry South, our coordinating producer, engineer, Barry Squires, broadcast intern Colton Potter, Studio host now doing soccer tonight. In fact, he's 15 minutes away from soccer at Southfield with Rachel. Jason Shepard was our studio host. Our thanks to Sean O'Neill on the administrative side and to Casey Stoffer on the BYU athletics side. That's our crew back in Provo. Here in Lynchburg, our engineer for the broadcast, Michael Wimmer, with engineering assistance from Clark Jackman. Broadcast assistance from Trent Reimschuschel. Our broadcast intern, Dallin Burningham. Our spotter, Sean Firmage. Our stats man, Ralph Sokolowski. And that leaves only the man to my far left. Riley Nelson. And my near left. Mitchell Jurgens. And I am Greg Rubel. Thanking you for tuning in. Final score today, Liberty 41 and BYU 14. The 4-4 four and four Cougs home to ECU on next Friday at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. So, in the meantime and in between time, this has been BYU Football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Good night and so long from Lynchburg, Virginia.